It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. We have the pleasure today of talking to one of my favorite guys, Tony Jefferson. Uh, 23 was available in the offseason. I, I don't think I'm going to just give that one up right away. So Jumped on it. Yeah, had to, had to get that one back. Um, this, this team can, can go really far, especially with, with Lamar, with number eight. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like anything's possible. You got a quarterback like that. And, uh, you know, I'm just, like I said, I'm just excited, man. This is, this is a great time to be, to be a Raven, honestly. Welcome into the lounge presented by DraftKings. We have the pleasure today of talking to one of my favorite guys, Tony Jefferson. Yep. Uh, Tony is just awesome. He's just, whenever he's in the building, there's a different energy about it. And um, and he's got an incredible story now, you know, going from a, a big time free agent signing for the Ravens, has a knee injury, has to come all the way back and prove himself all over again. So excited to talk to Tony about that journey. Yeah, when you talk about peaks and valleys in the NFL, Tony's somebody who's kind of seen the highs of the highs with the big contract and the lows of the lows yep. um, and, ha- and, and truly has had to fight his way to last in the NFL. Yep. And uh, it's I've liked what I've seen from him since he's been back here. And like you said, like the energy... I just went to the cafeteria to get Tony. He's holding court at a table. Of, of course he is. You know, of, of eight guys. And, <laughs> right. and that's just kind of how he has carried himself since he first came here as a free agent. And I, everybody likes him. And he's one of the guys, you know, just to kind of give listeners a perspective, like Tony's one of those guys who gets to know folks on the business side of the organization too. He kind of knows everybody in the building. Yeah. And he's that, everybody's friend. He's everybody's friend on the football side. Except the business for yours. Side. I mean, he's my friend. Yeah, probably he, not yours. Yeah, he was I, walking, I don't know if he would call you a friend. He but, was like, is Ryan you know. doing this podcast? I don't know nah. if I want to do it. Eh, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. Uh, but he's just a great guy. And uh, it's a privilege to get to talk to him today. So we'll go ahead and jump into that interview. Thrilled to have Tony Jefferson. We'll start here. There's a little uh, hubbub this mm-hmm. offseason when Kyle Fuller was signed, and there was a little exchange about jersey numbers. <laughs> you know, I want to just clear the air here, Tony. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? And, and, you know, so he wore number 23 previously, and, you know, you wear number yeah. 23. So there's a little confusion maybe about who was going <laughs> to wear 23. Just clear it up for me. What, uh, what happened there? I think certain people were confused. I don't think there was any confusion on my part. <laughs> you were very I, clear, huh? Yeah, I mean, I, I had to wear 31 um, last year, you know, when I first got back, which was fine. You know, I was just happy to be able to play again and, yeah. and, and have a jersey number. And then uh, 23 was available in the offseason. I don't, I don't think I'm going to just give that one up right away. So Jumped on it. Yeah, had to, had to get that one back. So, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, t- I tweeted, you know, who's going to wear it? Tony cleared it up real fast for me. Yeah, in, in gift form. Okay. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Well, your gift, your gift yeah, give, usage my is gift, on my, point. I mean, my gift game is, is pretty Hall of Fame-like. So. Very strong. Very yeah. strong. Yeah, so I guess we wanted to talk about kind of, you know, your story now is, is really incredible. Um, and, and let's really kind of just back up uh, to the beginning and, and talk about, you know, undrafted go to the cardinals really prove yourself as a big time player in this league you know sign here big time free agent signing for us in 2017 starter you know a lot of success with very successful defenses here and then the knee injury happens early in 2019 
Um, so let's just jump into it, man. I mean, like what's running through your mind when you go down in October of 2019 in Pittsburgh, I believe it was, right? Yeah, uh, I believe that was week five. Um, it was it was kind of a tough time. Um, you know, once I once that happened, I kind of, you know, like I like I always say, I try to put myself in GM mode yeah. most of the time when it comes to contracts and and foreseeable future type deals. And I understood, I understood where I, where I stood. That was kind of my contract year. Mm. Uh, all the guaranteed money that, um, was awarded to, awarded to me was already given. So, mm. um, I know I really had to go out there and have a good year and, and prove myself, you know, that, that I can earn my keep. Um, right. and I just remember just that, that season, I didn't really start off the way I really wanted to. I don't think we did as a whole, as a defense, right. um, we didn't really click how we wanted to in the beginning. Um, but, uh, you know, that's just how the game goes. You know what I mean? People go out there. It's a tough game. It's a rough game and people get hurt and, um, you never think it's going to happen to you. That was my first like really big injury ever in my mm-hmm. life. So, mm-hmm. um, I just remember that feeling. I, I mean, I couldn't feel my leg at the time, but wow. I, I felt in my heart, like something drastic was about to happen. Um, as far as like football wise for me. Wow. So. Yeah. When it happens on the field, like how long from the time you come into the locker room and you're like on the plane, like at what point does it kind of set in like all of that stuff that you're talking about? Like, are you thinking about all that in the moment? Like, what is kind of that thought process as you go through sort of the stages of acceptance of the your knee is not in good shape? Yeah, um, I mean, it's kind of it starts off right when it happens for wow. me just because. Like I said, I just knew, like, how big of a year was supposed to be for me and just how I felt with my knee. I'm like, this is a pretty bad injury. Mm. I felt – I mean, I couldn't put any – obviously, any pressure on it. And it was – was it beyond the ACL, oh, yeah, too? It was, it was more an ACL and LC, ACL. It was right. my LCL and then some more damage elsewhere, mm. which made the recovery even tougher for right. me. A lot, of, a lot of people don't understand. Once – just because you hear ACL, they once you have other, like – um, ligaments torn, it makes makes things a lot tougher. Right, uh, the recovery process wise, so it doesn't take um, as short as time as it would be if it was just ACL, a clean ACL, yeah, right? So. so, so what is that? The rest of that year, like you know, that's the 2019 season, and obviously that was like this great year. You go 14 to two and yeah. all that, but I got to like I know when I've talked to guys who have been injured in the past, like it's tough because like you're very much in. A, Especially like at that point, you were one of the team leaders, and you're yeah. like one of the guys who was one of the most vocal players. But at the same time, like I'm sure other players have told me, like you almost feel disassociated to a certain extent because like you can't be playing, and it's hard to have that same sort of attitude. How did you feel during that season? Oh, I mean, it was kind of rough because I think the team went and won like 13 or 12 games in a row. Right. So you know, I'm hurt, and I'm like, wow. So the team is actually like. Doing a lot better without, <laughs> you know, Dacosta. Right. Uh, he had made some trades. Got Peters. Um, you know, he kind of revamped a little bit of the that. Defense. Helped the sec. Let's be yeah. honest. That helped the oh, secondary yeah, quite did. a bit. I mean, it did. I've always, I've always wanted the opportunity to be able to play with Peters just from watching, right. watching him play. And then, you know, we made some moves, and you know, LJ Ford and other guys came in, and you know, we really went on a run and I wasn't really a part of that. Um, I was sticking around, you know, for rehab and stuff, but I couldn't even walk. You know what I mean? I was away for surgery. So it was kind of tough for me mentally to try and like be dialed in. But um, I still just wanted to be, I think the best thing for me at that time was just trying to be around the guys. 
um, just because I had my that's where my heart was mm-hmm. you know is is here in the it, being around the facility with everyone coaches and so um that kind of helped me through the process but once it was over that kind of that was really when it sunk in like okay now you're about to be jobless and you're gonna have to recover from this tough injury so right right yeah. and, and you know the ravens released you the the following off season and, and like you said it was like you're injured, you know, you're rehabbing. Yeah. Like, that's a tough moment. Like, what were you thinking at that time about what your prospects in the NFL were? Yeah, uh, well, mainly it was just getting my, my knee right. A lot of people, don't under, they don't really know the background of, of my, my knee history, but um, I had four different surgeries on my knee just trying to get it right. Wow. Um, my knee at one point was just stuck. Like, it wouldn't move. Like, I wow. really couldn't, like, get any range of motion in my knee. I had well, at what my, point was that? Uh, this was like, uh, I got my second surgery in February, uh, got another one in June, and then I had got another one like in, I think September. Wow. Yeah. So it was, it was a rough process. Um, and I had took a visit to the Colts, uh, in that 2020 year. Um, but we, I'm sitting up there, and and I I had a I have great respect for the Colts organization with Chris Ballard and, and what they're doing up there, and you know we we were kind of just sitting there. We go through the tests, and we're both just like we were. They really wanted me there, but my knee just like wasn't where it needed to be, and mm. we felt like I still needed more time. And mm. so now we're looking. I'm at a year already outside of my injury, and it's still not where it needed to be. Mm. Um, so I I ended up sitting out that that entire year. Right. So this four sur- like. Did that? Did you just keep needing surgeries because it wasn't healing? Like I, uh, I got to believe, like initially they weren't like it's going to be multiple yeah. surgeries. Yeah, no, it wasn't. So it wasn't anything ligament wise. Um, it was all scar tissue. So like, I had like a scar tissue like issue. So interesting. Um, I think it was because like I keloid. So like I scar a lot like on the inside. Mm. So from my initial surgery it was such a big surgery. It required like so much of my scar tissue to build up, which made my knee kind of like stiff and stuck. And so it got to the point where we're like, okay, we're this far out and it's still this. So they went back in, removed some scar tissue. Um, Still wasn't enough. Did it again. And then we did it like three or four times. And finally my last one, which was with Dr. Elitraj in LA, he, uh, he got me right. And I've, I haven't looked back or turned back since. So shout out to Dr. Elitraj in Los Angeles. Wow. And I mean, that's got to be tough, too, just from a, a non-football standpoint. You have a young family. Like, yeah. going through that many knee surgeries, I mean, dang. Yeah. Nah, <laughs> Your wife's right. got a nah. saint for that one. Yeah, no, no, definitely. And we had to deal with the whole COVID situation. Right. And uh, we had just had twins. Right. Um, so we are stuck in the house. And, you know, I was just watching football, just hoping and wishing that I can get out there again and, you know, just kind of relying on faith and, and that type of deal. But, uh, yeah. I I really have to give a, a testament to myself just for continuing to do so, the continue to do the work because I yeah. could have easily given up. There was times where I was like, "All right, I'm this this isn't going to work. I think I'm I think I'm just going to go into coaching and and go from there." But I kept being persistent with it. Mm. Um, waking up every day and then going to workouts is like, "Geez, am I still going to continue to do this?" Like, right, especially when it, you don't know the lights yeah, at the end just, of the tunnel. You yeah, don't know. No, yeah, nobody's calling me. Nothing. So it's like am I really doing this for a reason or am I wasting my time? So, um, 
I just, I, I honestly just thank God for just giving me the mentality of, of being a warrior and um, just continue to battle. So when was it uh, that you spoke to the Colts and then how long of a gap was it when just nobody was calling? Uh, yeah, so the Colts, that was in, um, I want to say, October of the 2020 season. Mm-hmm. And I uh, went out there a visit, had a great visit, uh, great staff up there, um, mm-hmm. everybody. And um, it was on the visit where we kind of were like, um, you know, your, your knee's not really, you right. know what I mean? And I, and I knew it, but, you know, I was going to try and force <laughs> You're it. You were faking until you made it, to, I was trying to force it, you know, <laughs> I wanted to get back. I wanted to get back. You know, I was yeah. moving and I was, but it wasn't like, I wasn't going to be myself. And I didn't want to go out there and put some bad tape out there. Right. Put some bad tape and you're really going to be done. I don't want... Right, uh, a bitter taste like that for you know ending your career. So um, right. I just I just let that whole season just you know right. continue to rehab, um, and then that's when I got my final surgery um, that February of 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, then I latched on to San Francisco, right. uh, got onto their practice squad for a little bit, um, and that and being there was 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 pretty tough too because yeah um, when you're coming back and you're a vet. You know, you've, you've made a mark in the league, you feel like. Um, and then you have to go back into a situation where you're just like, okay, everyone's like, okay, you're Tony Jefferson, but who actually are you now as a football player? So you walk around the facility, it's not really – you're not getting that same respect. And, um, you know, I'm out there really on scout team running routes, and I'm not, I'm not really the guy, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. So it's like I'm really trying to figure out where I am as a football player, and uh, I had to kind of – um, just bear through the, these like mental like blocks that I were having in my mind. I was like kind of questioning myself yeah. um, during these times, um, just where I was, and um, things just wasn't working out. Um, they just kept me on practice squad, and I guess they didn't feel like that I was the player that I was or the player that could help them out. And um, so they did, ended. Thank you. It was what two games you got called up? Yeah, for, I got right? called up for two games, uh, and I played. Two plays on defense on really? Monday night. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, I was just like, I never really got the opportunity to go. Right. And, uh, so things just weren't working out. I think we kind of just mutually were like, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, uh, Eric called me, came and worked out, and I actually played the first, like the first week I got here because yeah. Chuck had COVID. Yeah. I got Everybody here. was yeah, out. Yeah, everyone was out. I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> Green, Green Bay, let's go. Let's get yeah. it. <laughs> so, when you're in San Francisco and like you're going through that, did you feel like at that time like I can still play, or were you still like I don't know if I can still play? Like, what was your thought process of like where you were physically? Yeah. Well, I, when I was in San Francisco, I thought I, I thought I could play. Yeah, um, I thought I was able to go out there and at like and, a high level. You a, felt like you were you could I, be yourself. Yeah, I felt like I was at myself. I felt like I could you know help the team, but they didn't see that. And then it came. It got to a point um, where I was about to retire. Uh, mm. Just because that's where I was mentally, um, right. and that's kind of where they had made kind of made me feel like, um, mm. you know, I, I wasn't that type of football player anymore. So it really got close to the point where I had called my agent. I was like, I think it's time. You um, did call your agent. Oh yeah, it was almost in the works, and he was like, "Yo, I don't necessarily believe that you're done." Wow. And um, Shout out to Joel Siegel, but he he kind of talked me out of it a little bit. My wife was just like, I don't think you should make a, a decision like just based off your emotions right now. I think you should kind of think it through. Mm. And, um, you know, I just thought it through, um, just kept working. Um, and then 
got blessed and, and came back home. Well, wow. it's also it's it's a incredibly humbling, yeah. right? When you go from like where you were to there on the practice squad, like yeah. running roots, you know, yeah. like that's tough. And, and and I have to imagine like at some point you're like like dang like it's embarrassing to yeah. a point you know no, what i mean no like doubt. that is tough for yeah. like a prideful person like yourself and right. like every professional athlete has a lot of pride especially when you climb that climb mountain up, exactly from undrafted right. climb the mountain then you're back, you're back. That, that's tough <laughs> yeah exactly i i honestly felt like and i and i use this term a lot i honestly felt like i was back in my undrafted like i felt like i was yeah back in my undrafted stage again it was rookie camp it, at cardinals rookie camp all over again right all over again bro so it's just a blessing, man. I just look back at where I started from the beginning and then what I went through and then where I'm at now. Um, and obviously I'm still – I kind of feel like I'm in the undrafted phase still a little bit now mm. just because, you know, I got I still got a lot to prove. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just – it's like you said, it's, it's just a great story. I'm just glad of that my my mentality stayed the mentality that that it's always been were you um i just want to back up a little bit you know you said you're close to retiring and you were also considering coaching and all that stuff like how many different junctures of this comeback were you thinking about i'm done you know like how yeah. close did you come at what points uh well the closest was the san francisco thing. yeah like that there was never i mean it was literally like you're ready to sign getting ready to get my retirement letter and mm-hmm. Instagram and all that. <laughs> that it was it was literally get, getting to that point. Yeah, and um, like I said, I, I I had good people in my corner. I, had, I have a great supporting cast um, <laughs> who know me mm-hmm. and know that you know that wasn't me talking. You know, so right. Um, just happy for that. Yeah. So th- so then, how much time passes before the Ravens call? Um, so when I got released from the practice squad with the 49ers, they called me, uh, I think a day or two later. <laughs> yeah. Good thing I didn't retire. Yeah. I'm going to delete that Instagram post right. real quick. <laughs> let me erase, let me <laughs> erase all draft. that. Oh man. Hey, if it would have been like a few weeks or so, probably, probably would have been sent out. Right. So, you know, the Casa hit us up and, you know, I came in, I did a workout, um, in front of everyone and, mm. uh, it was pretty, I mean, like I said, I, I felt like I was in shape and like, and I was a football player that could contribute right. to a football team. I, San Fran didn't believe that. Right. So, so when you come here for that workout, like what is your mindset? Like, are you thinking like, like, you know, everybody here, you yeah. know, people on the business, like you were here and you have like such a big personality here that like, you got to know everybody. I'm sure to a certain extent, like driving up here and like walking in the doors, like it feels like you're coming home. But, like, at that time, like, you didn't know. It wasn't officially. Yeah, like, right. it wasn't, like, necessarily a done deal. Yeah, no. and so was it kind of, like, this weird, like, you know, I hope that I'm going to be here tomorrow. Like, how did you kind of feel coming into that workout? Yeah, it was it was definitely, like, a, a mind-boggling type thing. It was, like, I don't know what, really what I'm getting myself into. It's going to be good to see everybody that, you know, I've gotten to know over the past four years. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I just was, like, let me just go out here, do my workout, and do it well. Um in my workout, I was going so hard. Our DB coach, Chris, she was like, yo, calm down. Like, like, <laughs> like, like you look good, bro. Relax. Like, I was, like, just going 100 miles per hour, like, trying to show him, like, I'm ready. You right. know what I mean? So, well, uh, that was maybe make or break it. I yeah, mean, if he oh, didn't get signed I, by the Ravens then. Yeah. That, like I say, I had, to, I had to give it all or nothing. I had right. to give it my 100. Um, and uh, I did. That's so funny. You told you to chill out. Yeah, he was like, he was like, relax. Like you're gonna fall on your face. Like how fast you're going, bro. Like Easter, I'm like, ah. So, That's yeah. awesome. And then, and then the Bengals game happens, and like, all right, 
you know, you're a starter, like oh, yeah. making how many tackles did you have that game? Like uh, eight, ten tackles, yeah, something like that? I don't know. I had a I was just I just blacked out. I was like, all right, here's your shot. Show them. Like, right. You know what I mean? You're putting the starter role. Like, what are you gonna do with it? And I think I made every play that came to me. Yep. Um every opportunity that was presented to me, I think I made the best of it, especially in that game. So um I think it showed them, you know, I still, the old man still got a little something in his tank. For sure. Yeah. And, and you know, so then over the course of the, you know, final few games of the season, like you play well, you yeah. know, and like, what did that validate? Did that feel like validation of all the stuff that like you had kind of been battling over the past two years? Like, oh, yeah. this is why I did it. Yeah. A hundred percent. It was for sure validation for me. And it made me even grind harder in the off season once I got once I got home for the off season I I mean I went to work like I really like being out I got to um see the stuff that I really needed to work on um mm. as far as like not just like lifting and running it was like the little things like stretching and doing all the yoga and all that other stuff I really got to look at my body and see like what works best for me mm. and I really attacked that in the off season and um I, I feel like this off season I, I've been having like a pretty solid um off season so uh yeah you've season. had a yeah. really good yeah. mini camp and, yeah. and now rolling in the train it's some multiple yeah. picks yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so you, know, you just, work on those hands in the off season didn't you oh i did a, i caught 100 balls per day <laughs> i can tell like, man you're catching <laughs> I, the ball man. i ain't dropping nothing so, <laughs> <laughs> like i said if i get opportunities we're going the other way <laughs> i love it i love it yeah. do you really feel like i mean how old are you now tony i'm 30 do you feel like this is kind of you know you saw eric weddle play yeah. into his 30s like, yeah do you feel like this is the start of Hey, we'll see how long this lasts, but this is a new chapter. Like, yeah. this is the second career for me. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at. Like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia movement that inspires call 800-334 kia for details always drive safely sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only quantities are limited must take delivery by 7824 uh, for for some reason i just i just feel way better like yeah once i turn 30 i don't know if it's because i got my new veneers and my new teeth <laughs> I, I don't know but I, i'm just feeling like way fresher and like just way like relaxed when i'm out there it's like i'm just like just i guess i'm just more appreciative of the that I'm just be able to be out here and play football. And, like, I'm mm. just not going to let any, like, negative thoughts or anything negative kind of affect how I approach or play the game. Because right. I know where I could have been and I know where I, where I came from from it. So I'm just out here just enjoying it. I'm a, I love just being with the my teammates and my the, the guys, just being around, you know what I mean? Because, yeah. like I said, I love my fam, but being stuck in the house during COVID <laughs> for, for the whole year, I was like, man, I just miss being around the guys. And, like, I'm really, truly enjoying it, and I'm just enjoying the moment. For sure. Yeah. So just from a, a football standpoint, Ryan made the point, like, you're looking really good out there. Like, what is your expectation for what you'll be able to bring to the team this year? Uh, well, first, I got to make it. We, we are definitely – like secondary wise, we're very crowded, especially yeah. in the safety. Yeah, group. we're loaded. Um, yeah, super loaded. I think by far we got the best safety group in the in the NFL. We got guys who can start anywhere. Yeah, um, all the way down the line. So um, I just got to continue. to – They didn't make it easy on you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Eric, you know, and Kyle and, and, and Marcus Williams. These guys who are great, great players. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like um, at the end of the day, I just got to go out there. I just want to go out there and be me. 
um, do what I do best. Um, like Harp says, be great at what you're great at. Right. So um, just showing the value of what I can bring to the team and whatever, whatever happens, happens. But, you know, like I said, I'm just enjoying the moment, man. I Obviously, I feel like um, this, this team can, can go really far, especially with – with Lamar, with number eight, mm-hmm. I, I feel like anything's possible. You got a quarterback like that, and uh, you know, I'm just like I said, I'm just excited, man. This is this is a great time to be to be a Raven, honestly. Yeah. Do you feel like you know, especially with, with Levine, you know, moving into his role and retiring, that there's also like a special teams leader kind of opening that you could step into, or? Yeah, I think th- I think there's there's opening for le- for. I mean, you lose a guy like Cocap, right. that's that's some big shoes to fill. I don't. I know people know he was a special teams leader, but he was really like an emotional leader, every, mm-hmm. like everything. He was right. everything for us special teams, um, you know, and I think there's opening for it. And I know there's guys in in the room, not not just me, but other guys like Geno Stone who could also be a, a, a big guy who can step in and, and right. lead those guys, you know. And you don't have to be a, a big vocal like emotional leader you know you just lead by example so yeah um there's there's openings all over the place well i i gotta say tony like one of the things when i think about you and what you bring to this team like i honestly think obviously your play but your energy and like the gelling of the defense in the secondary is just a big part of who you are right right? like and i i honestly felt like especially last year when you know when marcus peters went down like some of that edge and swagger and some of that was just lost. You know, like yeah. he definitely plays with that edge, that yeah. dog in him, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like you bring that and you are like kind of the glue in a lot of ways. Like do yeah. you look at that as your role to bring the energy and all that stuff? Yeah. I mean, when I when I first came into the – I just remember when I came into the Bengals game, um, like I, I got a sack on Burrow and I was just like turned up. And I, was, I, I couldn't help it. Like I was saying all types of stuff. I, I know Burrow probably hates me. I was calling him all types of names. So when uh, he did that podcast, he said the Ravens like to talk. He was talking oh, yeah, about you. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I, like, I like bumped him, bumped his shoulder and everything. He, we, I was going that out of. But uh, uh, you know, I just people, I, people are like, oh, we needed that. Like we needed that jolt. Like we needed mm. that energy. Mm. You know what I mean? So. Um, I just that's just how I play. I, th- I think that's just how I am. I right. The game means means something to me. So um, each play, each like I said, and even now, each opportunity I get, it's it's even it's like multiplied. Right. Like when I'm out there. So um, uh, I, I I do believe that that and, what you're saying is true. Yeah, and even off the field, I feel like too, just yeah. the bonding that goes on in the secondary, like that's so important. Oh, and yeah. Weddle brought a lot of that, and you, I know you and Eric were so close and yeah. learned from each other in that way. Yeah, um, I mean, like he, he really, Weddle really kind of set the tone as far as like off the field too, just mm-hmm. like how important that is, like you said. Um, you know, I, I still see, see Weddle all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's like, he lives like five minutes from me. <laughs> comes against my son and you know, takes him with his son. They go work out all types oh, of stuff. Cool. So uh, he he really was like a a big imp- had a big impact on like how how I viewed the game and like how mm-hmm. I viewed like being a teammate. Right. Um. Just by the amount of like respect you need to earn and like the respect that like needs to be given to each teammate as well. So um, I always like remember just how big of an impact Weddle had on me. So him coming back and getting a ring last year had to be like, well, Weddle's going to come back and get a ring. You uh, better oh, bet yeah, your, yeah. you oh, bet yeah. your coming back. 100%. 100%. I, and since he's gotten his ring, I haven't seen him. So 
I got I got to holler at him about that. We were supposed to see each other about three times, and he he like big time he me. Big time, yeah. Big time, he's me. Super Bowl champion. Hey, now. he's Super Bowl champ. It's hard to get, get in touch with that. I got a, a, a kind of a random question. You mentioned just how you feel like this team can be really good with Lamar. And you just have good perspective from a big picture standpoint, I think, of this team and this this organization. How would you describe, like, the impact that Lamar has on this team and this locker room? I just feel like there's just – the way the sense that I get is that you guys as players feel like when we got number eight, like, we're never out of it. Like, oh, yeah. we're – like. Could you kind of provide some perspective on on that piece of it? Because I I feel it, but I don't. I, I want to hear how yeah. you think. I mean, I think anybody who watches football knows if you got number eight out there, you got a you got a chance. And uh, just with him being in the building, like I feel like things just seem more secure. Mm. You know, just having having eight in the building. I know, like in the OTAs and in the spring, I know the whole contract and stuff. Yeah. Like that's that's part of it. Right. You know what I mean? But like, I remember just being across, and I'm like. My my locker's like kind of across from his, and I just come in. I'm like, "Is he here today?" You know, <laughs> you kind know, of, you kind of, you, you want you want him in the building. You know what I mean? You just kind of, that's just kind of what it is, right? So, uh, I'm just happy. I'm happy he's back. Um, like I said, I know the the contracts that that's just a part of football. I, I want my man to get paid as much as possible, right? You know what I mean? Because he's earned it, MVP, <laughs> and you know, so he's in the building, and 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 things are going well. So. So everyone's happy. Let's hope. Everyone's happy. We're all kind of watching the yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> signature happens. Yeah, yeah. And that ESPN ticker going to be one for the ages for sure. <laughs> he probably won't even say anything too when he signs oh, yeah. it. Yeah, you guys will see it on TV first. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure. <laughs> well, yeah. uh, I want to get your perspective on Kyle Hamilton and also on Marcus Williams and just mm-hmm. your your impressions of them. Oh, they're. Uh, I'll start with Kyle. Yeah, uh, since he's a rookie. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, nah, I, I really, I really been impressed with with Kyle, man. He's a uh, his frame is like ridiculous, bro, and the <laughs> the like the ability he has with that frame is like it's like I don't know. I've never really seen it before. Like mm-hmm. with somebody like that, you can tell he's like a physical player. We had the pads on. He came up and yesterday and I saw him like kind of put the pads down because you kind of wonder how physical can he be, you know, because right, he's, he's like so tall and kind tall, of like, he's yeah. like, but he's got that. And then he has the ability to cover and it's like, this guy can be put anywhere really on the field. So that versatile piece, I could see why teams were drooling over him like mm-hmm. during the draft. I didn't, I honestly didn't think he was going to be there at 14. Right. Um, and he was, and the, I mean, the Ravens, I, I, I understand you cannot pass up on somebody like that and get to 14. Right. So. Even though you're a safety, oh, this makes well, your job, you're like, uh, you, I understand. No, 100%. <laughs> I'm like, hey, if he's there, you got to get that guy. I don't know how he dropped, but, right. you know, he's off the field. He's he's funny. He's really funny. He's got a sense of humor. Um, he doesn't get too high, get too low about things, which is very very rare to see from a, a rookie, you mm-hmm. know, with with that much expectations on him being a first rounder. So um, I've really been impressed with him. I like him. I, I know he's going to help the defense out a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then Marcus. And then Marcus. Um, cool. Real cool. We, he sits next to me in the meetings. Yeah. Um, I got to pick his pick his brain a little bit. He's very smart. Mm-hmm. He knows the game of football like to the T. And mm-hmm. uh, I always I always like to listen to how other people view the game. Yeah. And, um, that's that's one guy I really like to hear talk about football, um, right. just from a standpoint of not even like 
making plays just like what like what he thinks on like certain situations like he's really like in depth with like football he's mm. a real football guy so it's cool um, it's been fun man these we've, we've got some good good safeties in the in the back end and, right uh, happy to be around them yeah it's a good, it's a good group so now, yeah. now you said and that obviously as we're talking about this is the beginning of tony jefferson 2.0 career, oh, yeah, yeah, right not for sure but you did say earlier like gm is something that you've thought about yeah. on the horizon like post football playing days is that still in the back of your mind 100 percent um i i NBA or NFL? Uh, either <laughs> or. Or, or only, MLB. We were talking MLB. Yeah, only, <laughs> if it was the NBA, only the Suns. Only the Suns. Okay. Only the Suns. But um, obviously, I know that you can't just, you're not just going to be done playing football and then go be a GM. There's, right. there's, a, there's a road to that, scouting. Um, and I know how, how time-consuming that could be. Mm-hmm. And I know how hard of a, a job that can be. And, you know, you, when you have a young family like I do, you kind of want to, you know, I want to I want to see my kids play and, and grow up too. I don't want to just fully go from football straight into scouting too. So right. I'm gonna give it a little little break. I want to coach a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to be able to look at you know at that high school level, just kind of rec- not recruit, but just kind of view these players and like what's good height, weight, mm-hmm. you know, that type of stuff. Just want to start from scratch from that from that standpoint. But my dreams and, and goals are to one day be a general manager of an NFL football team. That's cool. Yeah. That's awesome. I have no yeah. doubt. After yeah. a after a long second stint here. You yeah. Know, once you hit forty, that's what yeah, I'm happens. Yeah, no, for sure. Eight more years. Eight yeah, more exactly. years. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well thank yeah. you so much, Terry oh, yeah, man. Bro. Yeah. Pleasure. Proud of you. Wait, man. is this is my first time on the No on the, is it Okay, now? I was about to say Definitely I, not I, the first time. Say, no way. <laughs> All right, great stuff from Tony, and we also want our listeners to know that the sports landscape is always changing. This week is no different. DraftKings is a leader in daily fantasy sports, and it still has daily fantasy contests for those who are looking to have some skin in the game. So this is simple. Every player has a a salary associated with drafting them. You can assemble a lineup of players, and then you try to stay under the salary cap, and you can sit back and you watch your points pile up. So now you know how to play. Go ahead and download the DraftKings app today using the code FLOCK. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. Again, the code is FLOCK, so go ahead and download the DraftKings app today. So what did you think about uh, the conversation with Tony? Oh, it was awesome. Yeah, I mean, that close to retiring, pretty incredible. I mean, and you think back, when he signed that big deal with the Ravens as a, a unrestricted free agent, I mean, he's, at that time, got to be thinking, this is the start of big, big things in my career. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And... um it's just kind of wild to think, you know, going from that to the practice squad again is is a lot of humble pie. That is a large humble pie. Yeah. And um <clears throat> for him to kind of keep fighting and persevering through that mentally and physically with his knee. I mean, gosh, that knee injury sounded brutal. Yeah. Um is a testament to him, man, and his fortitude and strength. I mean, I think that it, it was kind of wild to to hear that like even in the moment you're thinking about all that stuff. Um, and yeah. I know that like, just from an outsider perspective, the last couple of years, like I thought his career was probably done. Like he goes to the Colts, you, you know, the report leaks about him going to the Colts mm-hmm. doesn't get signed. Then he goes to the 49ers and he's on the practice squad. Then he gets cut. You're like, that's probably right. it. You right. know, like it's not, well, it's not going to happen before he even, so he, you know, before he we went on the practice squad, right. there's two months there where he was with nobody again. He, yeah. You know, he was in training camp uh, out in Arizona or out in San Francisco and then got cut. And there's two months before they even brought him back on the practice squad. Right. You know, he, so it's like, whew. Yeah, it's like, it's probably not going to happen. 
And I was just really like, when he came back here, and I'm like, oh, this guy looks like Tony Jefferson of yeah. 2018. Right. Like, it seems like it's kind of the same player. Right. And so, I, yeah, like you said, credit to him. I really hope that he is able to, you know, I think that there's a role for him. I know oh, that this, I think he makes the team. Yeah, I think that there's like it is a very crowded safety group, and you can go through the numbers and all that. And but like I do think that he makes a team, and yeah. I think that there's a role for him. I mean, I think they probably keep five safeties, right? So it's Marcus Williams, Kyle Hamilton, Chuck Clark are your top three guys, mm-hmm. and then I think it's Tony and Geno Stone. I think five safeties make the team. Those five, you know, and Chuck Clark, I think he's probably going to be on the team, um, but. Could it, could somebody call you know right. for a Certainly, trade? If if Chuck Clark were to be traded, then that opens up even more opportunity for Tony to have a defensive role in this team. Kind of we talked about special teams and yeah, but he would be a guy if there were to be a trade or if there were to be an injury that you can rely on as an experienced starter who can step in and certainly play good ball. Yeah, totally. So I, I think that he's on the team. I think he has a role. Yeah, and um, I hope I hope that's the case. I'll be rooting for him. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, before we go, we did want to talk about our, you know, we had a podcast earlier this week talking about all of our impressions from the first four days of of practice. But then we had a big one on Monday, uh, the first padded practice of Ravens training camp. So I did want to run through that a little bit, Garrett, and uh, just give our impressions. I'll start off. One guy that we just got done talking about, Kyle Hamilton. Tony had a good practice. Hey, I think he had... Did he get a pick? Yeah, I don't think he had a pick, but he did. He uh, his... I, I was going to ask him about it, but he kept, he did at one point kind of come down and put a big a little hit on uh, Mike Davis. And I was oh, like, yeah. oh, okay, Tony's <laughs> like, he's fired about the first day I passed. I think I saw Mike Davis giving him a little bit of a little chat as they were I, walking I, to the locker room. I meant to ask him about it. I was like, oh, oh, that's two veteran players on that one. Usually you see the hits from young guys. but I also saw an old clip from a stadium practice of like mm. three years ago where he absolutely drilled Miles Boykin. I was yeah. like, <laughs> Yeah, he basically Tony. cut him. He sawed him in half. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, um, yeah, Tony. So Tony had a good practice, um, and then one guy though that stood out was Kyle Hamilton. You know, and there was a lot of uh, Twitter controversy or furor uproar uh, after uh, one. Just it was just a bad play. Yeah, you know, on Kyle's part on uh, Saturday in Saturday's on, practice in Saturday's stadium practice where he just got toasted. And uh, Kyle Hamilton put on the pads on Monday and and looked really good, like Tony was talking about, strapped up. Isaiah likely uh, had a PBU against Mark Andrews, had a tackle for loss on another play. So uh, really good to see that from the rookie. Not unexpected. He's shined really throughout OTA's minicamp every step of the way. Um, but I think it was good, especially to quiet, kind of quiet all that, uh, that Twitter chatter. talk. Yeah. There's two things that stood out to me. One, I was watching. It's always tough to see the offensive line, but I was really focused on Tyler Linderbaum just to me see too. like how does he hold up against Michael Pierce and Calais Campbell. Yeah. And I, tough assignments. Tough assignments. I, I thought he did well. Like, I, I don't think he was getting pushed back. I thought that, like, he was there, holding his own. There was one that I... You, you know, you're, 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 you're like the guys that are criticizing Kyle Hamilton <clears throat> for getting burned at the stadium practice. I'm just saying there's one time. One time, Tyler Linderbaum maybe gets pushed back, and you're like, I can't block. That's <laughs> not it at all. Yeah, that's you. That's, that's you. not it, it that's at you. all. I, I mean, there was one where he was trying to reset, and Michael Pierce got him a little airborne. And, uh, you know, that's going to be the challenge for Tyler. Like, we don't have to run from that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's going to be the challenge. Going heads up against, what's what's Pierce tipping the scales at? 345? Yeah. it's. I mean, a big, big dude. Yep. And not just big, but strong. Yep. Michael Pierce is very strong. That's yep. why you get signs of the contracts he's gotten signed by, too, yep. right? And 
you know, I think Tyler was trying to re kind of like you, you take the, you reset. Right. Yeah. And when he tried to do that hop reset, Pierce got him at the right time and got him a little airborne. And that's going to happen. Like a, here's what I'll say about that. Like, that's going to be his challenge in his career. He's a smaller guy. He ain't going to hit a growth spurt. That's what it is, right? So the Ravens are going to, I think, try not to put him in too many heads-up, one-on-one situations against really big dudes. That doesn't happen a ton based on your scheme anyway, yeah. right? But what Tyler Linderbaum gives you on the flip side, the the movement, the the versatility that he gives you to open up different aspects of the running game, that's the trade-off, right? Like, we all understand there's a trade-off, right? You know, yeah. and that's fine. But I agree to your point. He more than held his own the vast majority of the time. Yeah, and, and, he, I, and I'll, I'll give him a shout-out, too, because the play that I was describing where he got a little airborne, right before then, Patrick Queen came up the middle on a blitz, mm-hmm. and he picked it up perfectly, stoned Patrick Queen at the yeah. line of scrimmage, and then not only stoned him, but got after him, like pushed him back and kept getting after him like as the ball was thrown downfield like – I like to see that from yeah. the from the rookie. Yeah, you like to see a little nasty tree straight yeah, from offensive line. He also, I, I do like his ability to get to the second level, which is what exactly. the, the positive is. That's the trade-off. Exactly, uh, which I thought I saw that on a few plays yesterday. Yeah, um, so good stuff. I thought it was good. Um, the other thing I like about practice, and we've seen this now on multiple occasions, especially in these one-on-one drills, and then also during some full-team 11-on-11 stuff, I love the matchup between Rashad Bateman and Marlon Humphrey. Oh, it's great. And whenever Bateman steps to the line in a one-on-one drill, Marlon goes out there to match up against him. There was a, there was a time during the stadium practice where <laughs> someone else, Robert Jackson, was lined up across from Bateman, and Marlon ran out there and said, uh-uh, I'm, this, is, this is my rep. This, and, and <laughs> I kind love of, it. And then <laughs> during the first padded practice, they were going up against each other, and Bateman got a step or two behind Marlon, but then Marlon closed ground and broke up a pass down the field, underthrown a little bit. If the, if, it, the, if the throw would have been a little bit further in front of him, Bateman would have had the touchdown. He did. But he would have. But give it Marlon credit, right? Yeah. Exactly. That's part of the job. That every throw is not going to be perfect, and exactly. so as a corner, you got to recover and, and break it up when it's not. I just like the and then and then on the next one, it seemed like Bateman might have had a step, and then it was too far. Right. Um. So those. That matchup is just a fun one to watch in these one-on-one drills. That I think that like the two players who are like, I'm the number one corner, I'm the number one receiver. Like, let's go! And yep. I, I like that competition. It's fun to see. Yeah, uh, we're gonna hear from the defensive line uh, today, Tuesday. Uh, so that'll be exciting because I, I'm really encouraged by what I see there. Not only from Michael Pierce, who we just finished talking about, but the rookie Travis Jones. Yeah, I, I think uh, looks looks good. Big dude. He's going to be part of that rotation. Broderick Washington is somebody that nobody talks about either. I think he's flashed a little bit. Uh, and we know what we're going to get from Clayus Campbell. So this, this, Brent, this well, defensive front and Brent Urban. Brent Urban had a play where he got into the backfield. Uh, yep. I don't, can't remember if it was a sack or basically a tackle for a loss. Yeah. It's always sometimes tough to tell because a guy gets back there and like they don't get anywhere close to the quarterback. So it's always like, you know, right. the defense alignment, like they get into the backfield. Like, right. Oh, that was sack. That they was got, sack. That they was get sack. Four feet from him. They, yeah, got him. Got him, got him. <laughs> he's down. He's down. A sack. Give him credit for that like, one. Ah! <laughs> yeah. So, um, but I, I think that um, it'll be. Interesting to hear from from Urban and Pierce. We get to hear from both those guys. Yeah, yeah. So good stuff. Uh, thanks for listening. As always, you can reach us at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. And we're going to be giving you two pods a week from now on through the rest of training camp, just so we're, you know, not only having these great conversations like we had with Tony today, but also just keeping you apprised of what we're seeing on the field. So a lot more to come, and make sure you keep it locked in. 
It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824.